DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo's in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. It's such a blessing to be able to gather to discuss the rule of St. Benedict and how it can help us navigate through the culture we live in today. It's amazing, isn't it, that something that was written so long ago mm-hmm. has such relevance mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I think these 1,500 years are kind of the proof that this document is really inspired by the Holy Scriptures and by the Holy by the Holy Spirit. So otherwise, we wouldn't think about this uh, this rule any anymore. I think that the subject we're going to talk about today is one that I don't think we realize this at all, I, as you have phrased it the disability to express ourselves. I love your German and how you were able to speak English so beautifully. And what, But when I first saw disability, I thought, well, I think he meant inability to express ourselves. But the more I pondered it, no, it's exactly we have a disability that comes about because of a formation somehow there's a a disorder. We do have a disability to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think the way that St. Benedict guides us helps us to overcome this disability because he is inviting us to sing. So last time we talked about silence. So silence is a very important part of our lives as Benedictines in order to become able to listen. But this silence is not the only thing that St. Benedict recommends. He recommends to open our mouths. This is the very first word in the morning when we start with our morning prayer. Lord, open my lips. Please, you, open my lips. Help me to express what I have on my heart. And as Christians, we imagine the heaven full of music and singing. Okay, we say when we bury somebody, rest in peace. So we kind of assume that he now rests. And this we can imagine. Uh, he rests in a silent way. But on the other hand, we have these beautiful images in the scriptures that promises, promise us 
that the heaven is full of music and full of singing. So think about the sanctus. Holy, holy, holy. The hosts sing. They are singing. The choirs of angels are, are singing for us. So when we arrive, finally, hopefully, uh, we will be joining in the choirs of angels and singing. And St. Benedict wants us to start already here on earth <laughs> with this singing and invites us to do so. Here, chapter number 19 is uh, uh, important. I can read it uh, for you. We must always remember, therefore, what the prophet says. Serve the Lord with fear. And again, sing praise wisely. And in the presence of the angels I will sing to you. Let us consider then how we ought to behave in the presence of God and his angels, and let us stand to sing the psalms in such a way that our minds are in harmony with our voices. So, the basic exercise of the monks is singing. As you know, monasticism is a interreligious phenomenon. So you find almost in every religion's monks, which is interesting in itself, actually. <laughs> But the monks have different ways how they exercise and how they try to approach the divine. For example, the Buddhist monks, they sit in silence, which is wonderful too. But the Christian monks, they sing. Why do they sing? Because they want to join the heaven's choirs. So when we sing, when we stand in, in our chapel and sing the psalms, we imagine that the angels are with us. No, we don't imagine, we believe. They are with us. That always helps me when I think about, okay, the angels are next to me and they, they sing already, so they are singing already. I have just to join in. That helps to sing. To sing means to elevate the soul, to lift up our hearts while singing. As Benedictines, we are not a professional choir, so sometimes people are uh, or may be disappointed because, you know, we don't do a concert. We are not in an opera, so, you know, we, we are ordinary people who try to sing as good as possible. Um, more important is what St. Benedict says here, let us stand to sing the psalms in such a way that our minds are in harmony with our voices. This is more important. Not sing perfectly or whatever. The goal is that our minds are in harmony with our voices. In other words, express with your voice what you have in mind. <laughs> And the beauty of this exercise is when you have expressed it, it is, has arrived where it should go. It has uh, reached God's ears. So you express yourself and God receives what we have to say 
and less is what we have in our mind. Yeah, I'm recalling the psalm that it implores us to sing a not a beautiful song unto the Lord, but a joyful one. <laughs> yeah. That always gives me solace. Because I, I, people around me will say, maybe not so beautiful, but uh, hopefully with joy. And if you cannot sing with joy, don't worry. Just by singing, joy can come into being. This is my experience. So don't wait until you find yourself joyful or in the mood. <laughs> just sing. This is the exercise. You know, we sing no matter what, how you find yourself. We just sing. This is the exercise. And the brothers next to me help me. Maybe they are in a better mood and they kind of um, help me also to lift up my heart finally. So singing in itself in a way is a therapy. It's really a remedy. Singing helps against sadness, for example. It's, it's an amazing remedy. I guess sometimes even better than any pills. Just sing. And you might find it difficult to sing, especially in those situations. Just do it. Just do it. It's uh, similar to what St. Paul says. Rejoice. And I always thought, why? how can he put this as an imperative? Rejoice. I can, you know, I cannot just by clicking, uh, by, by pushing the button, I cannot be joyful. That's not possible. In a way, it is. So when you, when you just think the Psalms, uh, these wonderful songs that are the praise of the Lord, that praises the Lord. The songs, these poems themselves help you to lift up your heart. And if not, just wait to the second psalm, for example. This might be more a psalm of lamentation, of complaint. As you know, we have all these different moods in the psalms. Um... So the good thing is, in the liturgy of the hours, uh, as we monks try to pray it, pray them, you encounter different, um, how can I say, uh, different moods. You find, sometimes you, at least for me, I enter Vespers or enter Lords, and I don't know how I am. It sounds a little bit strange, but because the day was so busy and I don't know, there are worries, there are thoughts, there are, there's planning going on in my head, everything. Actually, I don't really know how I am. <laughs> but by singing the Psalms, maybe it starts with the praise of the Lord. I am still not there. My mind is not there. My voice already praises God. My mind is not there. Second Psalm, complain. The psalmist is is alone, feels alone, is sad. Maybe this is the psalm where I can connect to my prayer. And I find myself in this psalm. And from then on, the third psalm maybe is praise again. And then I can join in the praise. So this is what I feel that kind of the um, the psalmody, the whole setup of the prayer gets me somewhere if I am pretty attentive, I would say. One has to be a little bit awake. But basically, I don't have to worry that 
Finally, I will find myself in the Psalms. And after the third or the fourth Psalm, we stop singing and we listen to the Word of God, to the reading. So that is a beautiful construction because first you have to express yourself in order to become empty, in order to become open to listen at all to the Lord. Before you cannot even listen because you have so much in your mind and in your head, you have to get rid of it. The Psalms help you. And not just to get rid of it somewhere. No. You can direct all this to God and there it will find peace. And when you have expressed yourself, then God wants to express his self to you. Give you an answer and give you a new impulse, new input for your spiritual life. So singing the Psalms means pondering the word of God. And while we already sing the Psalms, we already encounter the word of God. It's not only that we express ourselves, we express ourselves with the word of God, because the Psalms are the word of God. You had talked of the structure of lauds and vespers, and that, of course, the divine office, the liturgy of hours the church enters into. But as what is so true of the teachings of St. Benedict is that it has implications for an even deeper purpose in our lives, and that that hesitation to may even sing or to elevate or to express yourself, as you just so beautifully stated, that we encounter those walls in our daily lives. We close up so much that even in our quiet time by ourselves, the idea of singing or elevating like that, boy, that makes you kind of vulnerable. I mean, would I actually do that even with something that's not a song, maybe just a cry that I need help. You know, as a mother of little children, children have no problem doing that. You hear combined words and song all the time, even when they're sad sometimes. Yes, you are so right. Um, you make yourself vulnerable when you sing. Have you ever seen somebody uh, going after you with a knife or a gun? while singing <laughs> you yep. ca you cannot be violent in a way when you sing it makes you vulnerable but you know when you want to encounter god there is no reason to protect ourselves we can show ourselves as we are weak vulnerable and he will fill our desire all throughout scripture there's those who Again, I, I, I would hope people would enter the Psalms because they, they are songs. They are the ones that express such deep prayer and such elevated prayer. But also there's the canticles and the lamentations, like Our Lady's Magnificat, and as well as Jeremiah's cries of pain. Mm -hmm. There are so many songs in the Holy Scriptures, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Psalter, the Psalms, are kind of a classical book of songs. And 
time and again people tried to replace them with other songs, songs, but they didn't succeed. It's very interesting. So there's nothing better. They tried it. You you know you could do you could try it with modern poems. Why not? Uh, contemporary poems, but they never reached what the Psalms can express. But you are right. The Holy Scriptures is far richer. You have so many beautiful songs in the Old Testament. Song of Moses, for example. Um, the Lamentations. The Song of Songs. But also in the New Testament. Uh, there are not only the Benedictus and the Magnificat. There are other songs too. And there's really a richness. It's to express ourselves when we encounter God in a song might be the best way because what can you say when you encounter God? We, can, we could compare it to somebody you, you deeply love. So how can you say to somebody I love you better than to sing a song? I think this is the reason why we have so many love songs. Most of the songs actually in the world are love songs. Serenade. Yes, serenade. And the reason is, when you start saying to your beloved, I love you, you kind of, your soul is lifted up. You start singing because you cannot adequately express your love with just words. You start singing. And even singing is not sufficient. But at least you are coming a little bit closer. And this is this is what we do in, in our Samodhi, in our liturgy of the hours, in our divine office. We sing, expressing our love to God. We show Him that we love Him. Mm -hmm. This really is about getting, it's such a pop culture phrase, but getting in touch with what's going on inside of us because we may not be aware that we're actually... Is it so hard to sing, as you just brought forward? I think of all the songs I sang when I was a teenager, how I will, you'll see people singing in their cars, you uh, coming along. Do we realize that those melodies are, and that especially ones that touch our heart, are actually touching something a, a bit deeper? And then when we do sing those, particularly if there's something where the message is a, a very heavy one, does that what does that say about what's going on it's not a judgment call but what does it say about what's going on interiorly yes i think our culture has really forgotten to sing when you just take an example in the maybe 30s or 40s 50s it was not so common to have a radio to have a television to have all these sound systems that bring music and songs into your living room. Uh, for example, my father, he plays the piano, and together with his brother, they played concerts. So because the only way to bring music into the own house was to make music. So they expressed themselves by making music. The same is true for songs, for singing. So in the class, in school, the students would learn songs learn it by heart. So all these texts would stick into their mind for their whole life. And 
when they would go somewhere, uh, they could recall these texts. I belong to the generation already. Mm, I don't have so many songs that I could recall out of my heart, uh, so without having a text uh, in front of me. And this is a poverty. And, and I think even more today, because we hear all these perfect music and songs on the radio. And when we hear ourselves, we think, oh my gosh, <laughs> my voice is not so good and I, I don't keep the tune and I'm not, I cannot sing. Many people think they cannot sing, which is not true. They only compare themselves with, with the celebrities and the stars and the opera singers. Um, so we have forgotten to sing and this is really a shame because singing belongs to the human being. Singing connects us with love and finally with God. It is so important that we start singing again. Um, one might feel ashamed <laughs> when singing, especially for men it is not easy to sing, you know, um, but it is really powerful and, and helps to grow closer to God. And it's not, again, from what I hear you say, it's not so much about the performance of singing or even that within community or, or you're by yourself in an adoration chapel praying, that it's more about the expression and the elevating the emotion in which you are surrendering to God. Exactly. Um, as you mentioned, when you hear a song, maybe it's even a, um, a sad song. For example, um, I used to love the Requiem of, uh, uh, written by Wolfgang Abadeus Mozart. And I was wondering, why do, why do you like this Requiem, you know? Are you depressed? What is the matter? But I just loved it. It expressed something on my heart. Nowadays I don't need it so much anymore, but um, at that time it was, was an expression of a kind of sadness I, I had somewhere on my heart. But there is no, no sense to, to go deeper because it is enough just to express it. That's part of me. That is okay. It is okay. Mm. Uh, we had some confreres who suffered from Alzheimer's. And as you know, you lose all the, your words and your memories. And there was one confrere, Brother Benedict. He, he was not able to speak anymore. He was pretty young. He was in his 50s or so. So you couldn't talk with him. But he could sing. It was amazing. There was not a single word that he could speak, but there were many songs he could sing. So you just started singing together with him, and he joined in and could sing the whole, uh, the whole song. And I think just neurologically, the reason for this is that singing is deeply stored in our brain. 
it connects not only one part of our brain, but several parts. This is what the scientists say. So singing is a very, very complex matter as for our brain. And this is the reason why it is so uh, healingful, because it kind of helps recovering our, our whole brain. As you said, emotions are involved, text is involved, memories are involved. You know, when we connect, mostly we connect uh, um, certain songs or music with certain situations. It's uh, similar to smells. So, um, the brain is fully involved. Almost similar to what, what, we, what we know from meditation in general. In general, when we meditate, the whole brain is working, which is very interesting. It's not only one part, or so the language part, or the count, counting part, or calculating part, I don't know, but the whole brain. And so that was really amazing for me to see this brother, this confrere, singing. It showed me that there's a really deep connection between singing and the personality, the person. It's interesting too, isn't it? I, I believe that in the Hebrew language, there is no word for a separate from song, that our vocal expression, they don't, there isn't a division between what is spoken and what is sung. Yes, that is true. It is just expressing, uttering. And even physiologically, there is no difference between speaking and singing. For example, when I speak now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, this is what I have sung, what I have just sung. You know, when, when you phrase a sentence with your voice, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It is mm -hmm. just singing, speaking basically is the same. So what would you say to that woman, and in particular to that man, who is out in the world today and is hearing this and saying, oh, I don't even know how I, what is he asking me to do? I mean, how would I even enter into that? Mm -hmm. I would say start in your bathroom <laughs> when you take a shower. Um, yeah, just, just try to sing and just try to raise your voice. Don't be afraid of what you... <laughs> what you can hear then. Everybody has a beautiful voice. Maybe even take the songs that they sing already and maybe be more aware of it. And Can you turn that into a, a prayer? Can you give that song, even a pop song, over to the Lord? Right, right. Singing in itself is, is a praise is praising God. So the words are kind of secondary in a way. That's, that's a good idea. Start with the, with the song you love, no matter what it is. Any final thoughts? Yes. Mm. Singing also helps against fear. As you said, as a mother, when the baby cannot sleep, you would sing lullaby. Or when you have to go through a dark forest, just sing. And you and the the fear will escape. 
singing helps against fear. How wonderful. Can't imagine an angel not being by your side singing along with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Father. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts, I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.